Lost at Home podcast. Here are your hosts, Scott Bear and Jeremiah Johnson. Welcome to the show. My name is Scott. My name is Jeremiah. And we are here for episode 141. And just for all you listeners out there who are tuning in just for the Prime update, 141 is not a prime. We don't bother with the even numbers telling you if it's prime or not, because clearly it's not. 141 is semi-prime, which means it's a product of two prime numbers. It's also it also a centered pentagonal number, which I will look up at a later date. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you're a first-time listener to the show, if you're listening to us on Stitcher, iTunes, from our very own website, thelostandownpodcast.com, or on, uh, what is it called? Uh, the... The radio show. I think we're you're on. calling. Uh, you're talking about the uh, podcast radio network on TuneIn Radio. That is absolutely what I was trying to yeah. talk about. Well, see what you were doing is trying to goad me into uh, taking the lead on that one, so we could talk about how the fact that we wanted to welcome anybody listening for the first time or again, and uh, and we also wanted to do a quick little uh, disclaimer for some of those who are listening maybe for the first time on TuneIn Radio that. While we definitely aim for a one-hour show, uh, there are times where we might uh, hit over an hour, so we want to make sure people uh, check our show out, subscribe on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, any of the places we talked about before, um, and uh, just, yeah, check us out there in case you miss something at the end. We might have some juicy nuggets. We're usually within an hour, an hour, and 15, but we're going we're gonna to always aim for an hour, but sometimes we get wacky. Yeah, and remember, if you're a subscriber on iTunes, you get the show first. Usually yeah. iTunes subscribers get the show uh, within a few hours to half a day, say, yeah, and, of and, other and, listeners. And, and to be honest, like uh, now that we're we're kind of back to a little bit of a normal schedule, so I do want to uh, eventually go back to our Thursday, um, uh, which is always the goal anyway, between Wednesday night and Thursday, uh, posting schedule. So um, Thursday for subscribers, later Thursday for everyone on Stitcher, Podbay, Podbean, uh, iTunes, etc., and then Friday nights at 11 p.m. on uh, the in, podcast yes. radio network. Yes, correct. So uh, we're going to start a new format since we're living in a new America. Uh, we have a new president-elect. Uh, we're not going to get into that I don't at all, think we, I don't think. I don't think we need to. I only mentioned him. E- People like have even, opinions. Guess what? You don't need ours. No, no. We we uh, Anybody listening knows some of our opinions, and you can also hear everybody's opinion, whether you like it or not, on every social and media network. We're going to give you a break from all that. We're not actually. a political show. So yeah. we're going to test out a new format for the month of November, and this actually came through a very uh, organic means. We were trying to figure out what our theme for the month would be and we boiled it down to something that we both have talked about in the show which is google holes yeah we, and we've done separate google hole segments from time to time which has its own little like fun uh theme song intro yeah and if you uh if you are a new listener or a recent listener due to any of the ash versus evil dead interviews we did over the month of october which or the stranger things interviews we did right. over the month of october My boy mark um Basically, a Google hole is something that you can fall down on the internet when you look up a certain thing, and then tangentially from that you find another thing, and another thing, and yeah. another thing, and suddenly you're like six degrees of Kevin Bacon separated from mm-hmm. the original topic. Yeah, and just you, in a weird hole that you just you ditch. fell down a Google. Sometimes hole. it's a Google ditch you fall in, and you're just like suffocating on your own vomit in a Google ditch, and you're pissing all over yourself, whether you like it or not. Sometimes <laughs> I just shit my pants in a Google ditch. Oh, man, it's terrible. Well, I, we went through Google Holes this month, though. We absolutely did. And um, what we're going to do for this month is test this format. And if it ends up working, it's going to be our continued format. Uh, don't worry. You're still going to get weird skits, songs, and other oddities from us. The and kind of and interviews and stuff, like. too. And every, once, every once in a few uh, five or six or ten, whatever episodes, we'll get you some of those. Danny DeLorenzo's and Ted Ramey's and Ray Santiago's and Mark Steger's. Yep. And, uh, you know, you can't grow unless you try new things. So what 
what we're going to do yeah, here I, is... I know, like, the, the the thing I was was always told when I was a kid is, hey, Jeremiah, put if you want to become your a... your dick and put it back in your pants. Well, there was... No <laughs> one wants to that? see your helicopter. Is that what you call your dick? Because you, know, you whip it around? Yeah, helicopter dick. Helicopter dick when you whip it? Helicopter dick yeah. when you whip it. No, I was thinking about when my parents said, hey, if you want to be a big boy, try this heroin. You like that, don't you? Now put it up your ass and smuggle it across the border. You're my child mule. They tried to name me child mule, actually, on my birth certificate. If your parents were... They were like, no, that might rouse suspicion. If your parents were more clever, they would have just called you Eeyore. That's true. I Senior Eeyore. Eeyore, Eeyore was one of Senior my spirit animals. Senior Eeyore puts much drug up yeah. ass. Hey, Senior Eeyore. <laughs> Go across the border now. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> well, might as well. Gonna why die soon anyway. Might as well be from heroin balloons exploding in my intestines. I don't you want to go across the border. Oh, one of the bags burst in my <laughs> ass, and this is who I am now. Oh, well. Everything is slower. <laughs> <laughs> that you were started as like a real chipper, just like, hey, everybody, how you doing? You're... Now take this drug mule across the border. Okay. Fucking a heroin balloon blew up in his asshole and made him depressed. Christopher Robin, you terrible, terrible. He was actually uh, a Mexican drug lord. Cri- Cri- you people Cri- know that. Christoph? Yeah, Christoph. <laughs> Christoph Robin, who was a Mexican drug lord who <laughs> forced uh, balloons of heroin up into Eeyore's asshole and made him smuggle it across the border. And he was actually Eeyore through, the through chipper. Through the Seven Acre Woods, which yeah. is actually more like a 200-mile trek in desert. Can, can we put on the uh, on the uh, uh, Broken Promises list, possibly for 150, some kind of skit relating to that or a song about the one... Deep in the 100-acre wood where Christopher Robin... Like, I want to do something with that. I'm putting in empty promises right now, and okay. the reason why I'm doing that is because you are starting the show with our Google Hole. I am, yeah. And my typing won't interrupt you starting our first segment. That is true. Now, the way we formatted this time's Google Hole, this time's Google Hole, um, is, I mean, we, we think it might be similar. We might change the format up as we go. This, again, is kind of the inaugural uh, pilot program. And uh, I started with a single... Like, web dropping I would normally put in the show. Yep, both then, of us did. Yeah. We're going to take turns here. He's going to have the first half of the show. And I'm going to And I'm going to have that. the superior second half of the show. It very well uh, could be. Um, nope, it just is. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to be like modest for a second. Be like, no, you're you're right. You know what? I bet yours is good when, too, Jeremiah. No. When have you ever known me to be modest? <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay. Um, <laughs> My dick is out right now. We're recording, and it's literally it's you're, typing. Uh, what, do you, what do you say? Uh, helicoptering, I believe, is what you called it. Yeah, and it types. <laughs> I mean, yeah, this wordy spursion and bursting. Yeah, my fucking dick types seventy words a minute. I believe a I believe a famous person whose name I cannot remember for the life of me. Uh, Adolf Hitler. Possibly. There was someone who said uh, at one point in time that if you put a million monkeys in front of typewriters, eventually they'll write Shakespeare. If you put a million helicopter dicks in front of a keyboard, they'll eventually write our show. That's true. I think, like, it doesn't matter that it's a monkey or not. Although, it was the best of times. It was the burst of times. That's a Simpsons reference, everybody. Uh, Anyway, my Google hole starts with animals. Okay. It goes down a a little animal hole uh, for a second. And I started with a story I was going to go into about medieval squirrels. Um carrying a leprosy strange by that by that i mean actually just squirrels in general carrying a medieval the original leprosy strain. so this is like the black plague with the rats in england yes and, and but so, it's squirrels with leprosy well so apparently uh what happened is it, i mean anything for the most part could have carried leprosy back in those days uh, but for the most part 
Um, really? You know, I it, actually, that's it, that's. It, can I interrupt you? Yes, real quick? you can. Yeah, that's the whole point of this. No, um, it's not. But yeah, real quick. Yeah. Anything could carry leprosy. I always thought of leprosy as being a human disease. It, it is. It is definitely. Human. It is definitely understood to be originating in humans, but other things could get it. Uh, and squirrels and these other varmint like that are known to have gotten it like and carried mice? it. And actually, even nowadays, what I, about chipmunks? Uh, chipmunks. Uh, no, red squirrels. Uh, and I'm quoting here, red squirrels, uh, when, when spoken to, said chipmunks are, and then they called them the F word. Uh-huh. Not fuckers, but the other it. one. Because red they, squirrels are, are bigots. I don't know if a lot of people know that about red squirrels, but they carry leprosy and they're bigots. Squirrels are fucking weird. Yeah, they're entitled. Uh, yeah, just think, ooh, I've got a fluffy tail and you don't, but we're pretty much the same animal, chipmunk, you bitch. <laughs> like, oh, please don't rape me, Mr. Squirrel. Because that's how it works in the animal kingdom. Uh, adding in squirrel rape videos <laughs> to our, our empty promises. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, so it turns out, some, I can't remember exactly what other varmint could other than armadillos for some reason. Um, there's There are other uh, animals that could carry it, but the difference is, is the specific strain. Over time, even human beings who have been known to have had leprosy in the last, you know, 100 years or so are carrying a different strain than the original one that like broke down medieval times and pretty much spread across the world as a plague. Um, so, and, and there was definitely earlier strains of leprosy as well, but apparently red squirrels across England, Ireland, and Scot- Scotland harbor not only the leprosy bacteria, but the very specific strain that was found in medieval times. So in other words, it is not developed any differently. It is the exact same strain that was found now, in people and squirrels at are, that time. Are they carriers or are they rotting? They, they, there are both, actually. They said every once in a while, um, there are times, let's see, um, all the squirrels with symptoms carried the pathogen. Let's see. The, okay, the team analyzed about 110 squirrels, some with leprosy symptoms, some without. Wow, so like lepratic squirrels. Yes, like, just like, like follow me. me. <laughs> I know, just like, its face oh, is like throwing an acorn and tries to pick it up and the arm just falls up attached to the acorn <laughs> so it tries again and the other arm falls off and then you adopt an armless squirrel because why wouldn't you? Oh, army. Uh, and then that's... Army. <laughs> it's just terrible because it's like naming a kid with no legs leggy. Like that's a horrible thing. <laughs> it's one of those ironic nicknames you give people. Bucket list. <laughs> <laughs> That's a horrible thing to name a kid too. Yeah. Um, so anyway. Uh, so yeah. So so that uh, started me down a little path. And okay. It says uh, let's see. Right now, uh, Cole said there's no evidence that squirrels are actually infecting people. But the findings up and a long-standing belief about the ancient disease. It's a disease almost exclusively found in people and a few armadillos now. So that brought me into. Uh, Diseases and uh, species and stuff. Okay. So uh, and and this wasn't an actual wasn't an actual search I clicked, but rather um, a a link from that original article. Okay. And I got ten deadly diseases that hopped species. Um, this one's gonna be pretty short because there's a bunch of them there. I'm not gonna read the list. I found one that was uh, called like the insane mind parasite or something like that called Toxoplasma Gandhi only found in uh, Indian mimes <laughs> <laughs> Indian starving mimes <laughs> what are you Shiva that's <laughs> <laughs> what it always is <laughs> <laughs> crazy Indian mime first of all they're talking they answered me they, they didn't just mime me Shiva however that's done you look like you're doing the wave and you're an octopus at the same time <laughs> yeah you know Shiva um, so anyway, this this 
parasite called Toxoplasma gondii or gondii or whatever infects the brains of about half the human population. Um, Wait, seriously? Yes. Half of all people have this. And apparently it's thought to increase the risk of neuroticism and may actually contribute to schizophrenia. Now, the thing about it is its primary host is house cats. Not only do the, And by primary host, it's the only thing it can actually replicate in. Our house cats. Really? Is this like the, what is it, the toxoplasma? The, Gandhi, the, the, the Shiva Gandhi uh, mime disease. Well, you've heard like pregnant women can't clean litter boxes because they can get a... Uh, because, ta- yeah. There's like a ta- toxoplasmosis within the uh, cat's feces that can... That would... They can get into the baby and like cause problems. Yes, and that would probably cause like some uh, like additional risk of neurological disorders. Wow. So I'm guessing ha- because this house is... House cats are dirty. Well, of course they're dirty. They're filthy pieces of shit. Actually, I love cats. I love cats and dogs. I'm a cat and dog person. Me too. Fluffy, if you're listening, don't feel bad about this. Uh, yeah, and, kill, and, and by the way, if you see one of those fucking bigot squirrels outside, you kill that motherfucker dead. <laughs> and his fluffy-ass tail, you, you place the fluffy-ass tail on my bed. So we can all get leprosy. (laughs) (laughs) We've got a thing with Toxoplasma Gandhi catching something with leprosy and leaving it on your bed. You're fucked, man. Uh, So, yeah, that's apparently – I'm guessing that's probably one of the reasons because – and again, this is something that half people have, and it's for, and a lot of different species have. But it's the fact that it apparently only replicates in house cats. So if you killed all house cats, eventually this might actually be uh, phased out. So we could go on a what do you call a cat holocaust? A um, um, catacost. I was trying to think of like something like meowacost or something like that, but it's something adorable, but also holocaust. Yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll think about that one. That'll I'm be thinking about it myself promise. right yeah. now. Randomly, like three minutes from now, I'm just gonna shout out a weird, cute, horrible yeah. phrase. Oh yeah. So so here's the thing: you can get it uh, easily, more easily from cat feces. That would make sense. Why it's actually in cleaning a cat litter box would make it. Um, so it reproduces asexually in cats, and uh, so yeah. So uh, th- that's that was number two. That brought me into. Uh, for some reason, uh, when thinking about this, because of insane mind parasite. I started searching what are some viruses. I, I typed into Google real life zombie viruses. Um, and it came up with a long list again of things uh, that people probably already know. And leprosy was one because your skin starts to rot and such. Yeah, there was also course. these like uh, sleep related uh, illnesses that amount, like people wander around like zombies in their You'd sleep. You'd probably find a better search result within the animal kingdom because there are funguses and stuff that, you know do similar things. Like there's yeah. a zombie fungus. That, yeah, well, uh, they call them pet I, cemetery funguses, actually, because zombie pets are pet cemeteries. Oh, okay. Because, you know, you, you are you familiar with the uh, King, the Stephen King? Yeah, I, I've read Stephen King, yes. Okay, good. Because he has a thing called pet cemetery, and it's spelled with an S, though. So <laughs> there's that. <laughs> okay, okay. Anyway, so uh, one of the uh, one of the big ones is actually they talked about uh, Wendigos, which Wendigos uh, are. I think a lot of people are probably I familiar. Told, I just told Kelly what this was the other night. In a nutshell, she the had original no idea what it was. Really? Okay, because I actually remember. I think I became familiar with Wendigo because of the Spider-Man series with uh, um, yeah with Tom McFarlane. Yeah, and one of the episodes it was like with issue fourteen. Uh, yeah, and with um, uh, it was him and Wolverine. Wolverine uh, fighting the Wendigo. I think it yeah. was even earlier than that. It was one no, of the early episodes. Our, our, our yeah. friend Dan was over the other night to watch uh, Walking Dead, and we it, we just started talking about Wendigo. She goes, "What the fuck's a Wendigo?" And I was like, "Oh, yeah. it's like a Sasquatch, but it comes from cannibalism." Yeah, and it was uh, yeah, and it was uh, originally an Algonquin yeah. myth In of nor- sorts. Northern North America, you eat the flesh of a human being, you uh, you get cursed and yes. become a Wendigo, and you you crave more flesh. That's awesome. And you we, actually just my in my introductory paragraph, you took care of because there's this thing called wendigo psychosis 
which is related to that. We also made a joke about the fact that if you are a Wendigo and you become it from eating human flesh, but then your instinct is to then crave more human flesh, it's like the worst curse on earth. It's like, oh, I ate a person. Fuck, I'm cursed now to always want to eat people, but be highly effective at it, weighing two tons and having claws. Like, yes, it, if, you, like, if it, you turn into a, a real Wendigo... It's like a curse that helps you. It's like, yeah, you wouldn't want to eat more of that people meat because now you're a Wendigo, but let's make yeah. you the perfect it's, killing yeah, it, machine. It's, it's like if, if I'm like, oh, man, I love fish, and all of a sudden I wake up and I've got fishing poles as arms, yeah. you know, or I'm just a bear. Yeah, I'm cursed. Now I can fish better. Yeah, oh, no, <laughs> now I can get the thing I want all the time really easy. Uh, but maybe your parents might, you know, disown you or something. That's the sad part. It's, so It's like having sex with a ginger. Like, you go out one night, you're at the club, you have sex with a ginger. Like, oh, my God, I always wanted to have sex with a ginger. And then suddenly you're given ginger claws. Because <laughs> those <laughs> exist. <laughs> and they help you get more gingers. <laughs> ginger claws get... Uh, ginger claws help you get more gingers by ginger claws. What are they? That's all we have for <laughs> ad time. That's all we have. <laughs> Uh, so you can almost hear the steel shutter closing. <laughs> That's all we click. Uh, ginger claws. Wendigo psychosis is apparently um, uh, something similar to Wendigoism of sorts. Only instead of actually turning into the monster, you just continually crave human flesh, just like the Wendigo does. Uh, and no matter what you eat or anything or how hungry you are, you just want human flesh. Now the thing about this Wendigo psychosis um, is is sort of considered like probably not a real virus quote-unquote because once the uh, uh i should say after a certain period of time once all the the people in a certain tribe the algonquin tribe not the entire tribe itself but the people reporting this once they died it didn't spread anywhere else so it's hard to say that it was an actual virus of any sort because it would have spread at least to somebody outside of it and probably survived okay. somewhere yep um and also some of the things have just been debunked about whether or not there has been uh killing but yeah there's um Let's see. Uh, uh, it left behind a bunch of stories. Uh, one of the most well-known stories was that of the Plains Cree Trapper in the late 1800s who, after the death of his eldest son, killed and ate the rest of his family while he was like five feet away from uh, where he could have just gotten supplies. So it's not like one of those, <laughs> like, top of the hill be like, I had to eat them. Like, he could look over and see, like, you know, hey, non-people meet here. And he's like, fuck that. And then just ate That's a That's like eating a McDonald's employee having a smoke break out <laughs> back. <laughs> You're like, I'm just so hungry. I need to. <laughs> So, the, so, so because of that, they chalked it up to the Wendigo psychosis of they. Oh, he must have needed to eat the. Now apparently, it was. It, it's proven that this person ate their family, but it could could have also been that they're just like a fucking psycho. Like Jeffrey Dahmer could have gotten. He gone was out a Wendigo. And, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, he like even though there was a McDonald's across the street, he was like, "Sorry, I have to eat people." I yeah. think that's how he talked. Um, all right, number three, going into cannibal animals. Uh, this one, actually, the reason I got to this is so because... You, you got from Wendigos, meaning people eating people, to make a Wendigo, yeah. to animals, the animals. Yes. But, and the, but and within the same species? And the and the reason, yes, because the way I got this is uh, there was a citation from the Wendigo, uh, which I couldn't find the actual book. The Wendigo article. Register online. Make yeah. sure to check out the Wendigo, <laughs> Wendigo Register. Wendigo Register online.com. Uh, it's actually AP word online. News, move over. <laughs> There's a new boss in town, and it's all Wendigo all the time. <laughs> let's uh, let's write that in empty promises. Wendigo radio station or Wendigo, TV station. Wendigo AP. Yeah. Um, so cannibal animals. The reason is there was a citation in the Wendigo Wikipedia, uh, which I actually didn't use for this, but I did look at the Wikipedia first, and it 
it was an article titled Owls and Cannibals. And I was like, oh, I wonder what other cannibalistic animals. This one's going to be a short one, but this was more of a bridge piece that brought me to a list of cannibal animals. And the most interesting was a spider where the uh, it brought me to a new term called uh, ma- mafrigy or something like that. Mafrigagy? Mafrigy? Anyway, um, matrophagy, that's what it is, which is when children eat the mother after they're born. This happens most oh, commonly okay. yep. in spiders where and there's actually a video online. You can go to video. The, you can actually watch these baby spiders, which are tiny, and they just take over the mother and they eat her very slowly. And apparently some even burrow inside and just suck the intestinal life out of her because like we... Are breastfed, or you know, drink the milk of our mothers. They're just like boo milk, because you also don't have it because you're not a mammal. Even though you have hair, furry stuff, you're interacted. Does the mother suck the life? Does the mother spider just accept it? She lies down, and the babies eat her. It's like this is my gift to you. Thank you. Please carry on my legacy. Yeah, that's like a fucking. That's a. If she was still alive, you would give that mother a really good Mother's Day gift. Be like, sorry, mom, we ate you. Writers of the reboot of Starship Troopers, take note. Actually, fuck yes. This that could is, be a cool concept. That, that is movie. very cool. Oh my god, yeah, dude, yes. All of you writers for Starship Troopers, <laughs> who are listening the right now, listening, which could be you some know, people. maybe a few are. That's true. You we never know. know. Somebody we, who doesn't have the job we have a, called we, in for one of the many rewrites. Weird audience, and sometimes yes. I honestly forget that that like someone Ted Raimi will write even to listened us. to our show. I know. I was gonna say sometimes people write to us and they're like, it's like Ted Raimi's like, oh, I really like last week's episode. We're like, oh shit, like. You're Sam Raimi's brother. You're Nash and Evil Dead. You're a big star. Like, yes. You listen to us? Mr. Yes. Nah, we, we, we get surprised sometimes. We, we don't quite understand just how wide our, uh, our reach is. But we're humble and Absolutely. Cheer. Yeah, well, yeah. So this is um, this is where things got really tangential because out of that, there was a link to – for about it wasn't out of that specific piece of the, uh, the spider one, but there's also some snakes that eat their kids um, and just eat each other in general. And there was apparently a snake study – in the New York Times from a 1901, August 11th, 1901, New York Times was my next Google search in quotes. I wanted to see what that was all okay. about. I wanted to find the original story, blah, blah, blah. Thing is, though, I couldn't find the actual full version of the August 11th, 1901, New York Times. So instead, I um, clicked on an issue of Washington Times from the same date because that happened to be there. And that led me to number five, which was looking through these... Uh, ads for that and I was actually reading some articles too nothing crazy jumped out but the first thing that noticed was I noticed was an ad that gave the term a slaughter of washed goods and it was just talking about a lot of something apparently you can a have slaughter a slaughter of? is like a collective of something which is actually outside of the colloquialism now so much that even when I googled it all the dictionaries don't actually refer back to this older term so at one point a slaughter was was just a collection of something yeah it was like a group like a whole bunch of like a well, fuck it makes sense it was a metric fuck something you kill a lot of well like. exactly yeah and and so what that i wanted to find out where like if there was an etymology not to go back to last year's like etymology linguistic thing but i actually wanted to find or entomology etymology there we go um I actually wanted to find out, so I started typing in slaughter of. The first thing that came out was iguanas. I was afraid maybe I was going to come across weird uh, iguana killing uh, torture videos online. Turns out that's not the case. Luckily. Okay, okay. Um, I didn't actually click that far down. It could have been there. But instead I found uh, apparently a slaughter of iguanas is the name of a group. 
And we had actually talked about doing this for fictional characters at one point, like vampires and stuff, which we didn't get to, which we still should someday. You were trying to figure out what a group of something. Oh yeah, yeah, no, would no. Be. This was an outside of the show topic. That yeah, we, yeah, exactly. We we, we we didn't actually get into uh, what Fic- we were talking fictional about. Fictional groups of things that are fictional. Right. So I I have some fact ones that could get us started because I came across the Google search that resulted in animal group names, and they just did one per letter or something. So I'm going to read. I created I created three groups out of these. The first one are badass ones, and we've got a quiver of cobras, which is fucking cool because I also think about someone shooting cobras out of a uh, bow and arrow. Like, oh, yeah, you've got your fucking cheesy-ass Hawkeye fucking arrows. I'm going to shoot a quiver of uh, cobras at you. Okay. A slaughter of iguanas, I already mentioned. Okay. A mob of kangaroos. Very cool. And yeah. a, uh, a troop of monkeys. Um, a troop. A troop. That's what uh, troops are, uh, which I guess for uh, people, I guess it could be like it's a group or a troop. Like, we have troops in the military whatever so um, so yeah. so a a a group of uh improvisational artists Im- an improv group and monkeys would be a would, are both troops an Im- yeah an improv troop well only i think isn't one like t-r-o-u-p-e i don't care doesn't matter nope <laughs> you can take you can take your fucking queer spelling to go back to canada or wherever you're from mr o-u <laughs> What, you gonna spell color with an O-U-T? Yeah, I was gonna say, yep, <laughs> you. F-A-G-G-O-U-T? You beat yeah. me to that. Um, so anyway, uh, there we've got, we got that. Um, so, okay, and now we've got to odd and interesting ones where we have a smack of jellyfish, a parliament of owls. Talk about fucking cocky. Wow. And they do, they look like, oh, excuse me, how many licks did it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop? Fuck you, you, where are you, the rest of your parliament? And just like the British parliament, they... They, they shit out bones and their heads go 360 <laughs> degrees. You're here to hear first, everybody. Facts on the Laws at Home Podcast Network from the British Parliament. That's what I that's what I think about owls. Like, their heads can spin yeah. and they shit bones. <laughs> the, but it, when they shit bones, it's actually, if you turn their head, it's almost like a gumball machine where bones come out. Oh. In order to shit bones, their head... If I could have out. one of those in my house. <laughs> oh, my God. I really wish. That's, a, that's, a, that's an empty promise outside of this where we can make an owl gumball machine. I'm not even typing machine. that in. <laughs> Produce owl gumball machine that shits bones. Um, and then we've got an unkindness of ravens. A bale of tortoises, which I also thought was funny just because of the thought of them actually being bailed up like a bale of hay. Like, Turtle tortoises here. Tortoises wouldn't bail well. I would think like they a would not, seconds no. bin of tortoises. <laughs> We're going to change that one. Just going across a factory that. seconds bin of tortoises. <laughs> I'm not dead. Well, um, there's nine tortoises come up, coming at us. Yeah, that's a factory seconds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Watch out. Factory seconds. No, those are turtles. It's different. Yeah. <laughs> not tortoises. Uh, and then we have a charm of foxes. A charm is very cute. I've heard that one before anyway, but it's very sweet. Uh, and here, here are the obvious ones. There's two here that just like somebody was like, all right, what do we call a group of hedgehog, hedgehogs? Prickle. A prickle. It's a okay. prickle of hedgehogs. Okay. That makes sense. What do we call a, what do we call a bunch of giraffes? A tower. Oh, I was going to try to guess. Oh, shit. That's why I, 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 the, the listener at home can't see that I raised <laughs> yeah, my hand. You raise your hand. Yeah, sorry, man. And Jarrett's like, I don't care if you need to go to the bathroom. Piss in your pants. <laughs> Here's the thing. is there's a, there's a bunch more of these, and maybe to lead off when we finally do the fictional character one, I'll start with real ones and let you try to guess what they are and don't look them up ahead of time. Sure. And then you'll go into the, the made-up ones and let me know if they're real or not, blah, blah, blah. Um, anyway, I hit a dead end after that, uh, and so I'm about to go on to the new one because... 
when I hit a dead end, I was like, let me go back to that Washington Times and find something new from there. In future episodes, we're going to force Cher when he hits a dead end, just start from scratch. Just to go back <laughs> to the beginning. Because <laughs> I started, but here's the thing, is we're not going to have like a limit or uh, very specific oh, number God, in no. the I, Well, we, we, we started had six with a limit degrees of six. This time, so yeah. and, and I and, beat the limit with seven. Yeah, so, so I felt like instead of, a, like I would go with at least six. So I went back to the August 11th, 1901 um, uh, Washington Times article, and I came up with my last piece, which we're making pretty good time here. Um, which were, um, I, I came across an ad from page two of the Washington Times reading, handsome American lady, independently rich, wants good, honest husband. So it made me type into the search engine early vintage personal ads because I wanted to see how oh, people... that's really cool. So allow me to read these in an old-timey manner. Okay. I'm, I'm here. I'm ready. Middle-aged mechanic desires... Acquaintance of respectable domestic blonde, stout, age about 25 preferred. Object, matrimony. Gentleman from East, wishes to meet widow, owning ranch. I don't know if that means he owns a ranch or he just wants to meet a widow that owns a ranch. That's so fucking specific. I also want to know what stout meant in 1901. That's what he wants the woman, like like short. short, My guess is like rugged, rugged to work on a farm, I'm guessing. Like must be, must have milking hands or something. Yeah. So so anyway, um, no objection to a child or two. Object, marriage. Apparently they ended things on their object. Um, uh, let's see. Wanted. Wife. Farmer's daughter preferred. Willing to marry. Poor man. Must be good girl. Good looking. Weight. 100 or under. No grafters. A widow. 36. Oh, wait, A widow. 36. Would like to correspond with gentlemen, either from Alaska or the East. Have some property. Excellent housekeeper and cook. Willing to go anywhere. And let all letters containing self-addressed envelopes answered. No triflers. Willing to go anywhere. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what oh. that meant. In 1900 stock, that meant literally willing anal. to travel anywhere anal. on a horse. No, it meant anal. No, but that, travel anywhere on a horse meant anal back then. <laughs> Dude, get up on your shit. Come on, man. Uh, anyway, uh, I've got... Uh, Gentlemen of 30, we'd like some meat to correspond with a widow or maid. Strictly confidential. No triflers. No waitresses. Shooting gallery clerks or lady barbers will be considered. Object matrimony. Something tells me this guy has been burned by lady yep. shooting gallery clerks and lady barbers. Because yep. that seems very specific to be like, no, no. barbers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that concludes my Google hole. I did want to mention two. Uh, I will call um, uh, uh, honorable mentions that I, I wished I had time to, to look into. And one is as close to political as I'm going to get. And that's why I didn't include it. Um, through one of these, I found about I found out about the exist- existence of a site called The Poultry Site, which is a site, as you guessed it, uh, centered around the poultry industry. Very boring. I was hoping it would bring more juice to it. But it, it had an interesting story I'm going to look into called How Will Trump's Presidency Affect the Meat Industry, which I'm actually curious about because you realize it's going to affect everything down the line. Now, the other one I noticed was specifically from a Vermont paper, which happened after I got done all the searching, and I actually typed it on my Facebook because it was such an interesting thing. But apparently Rochester, Vermont, in uh, uh, 1911, swept. I'm talking fucking swept the potato growing contest that was put on by the White River Railroad Company. And the metrics, if everybody's wondering, for a potato growing contest are yield in in bushels to acre, appearance of the field, freedom from disease, trueness to type and quality in all top three spots dominated by people from Rochester. And this was a statewide motherfucking tournament. 
Wow, that's knowledge I didn't need. <laughs> but awesome. No, yes. thank you very much. That was that was my Google hole, Scott. And you know what? This is a perfect time to take a quick break, gather ourselves, listen to a quick ad from our great sponsor, Horror Decor. Um, you're going to hear everything in this ad you're going to need to know, but make sure to go to horrordecor.net. That is H-O-R-R-O-R-D-E-C-O-R.net. Yeah, not to be confused with horrordecor.net. And we are, fun. yeah, that's uh, don't go there. Don't. Or, I mean, don't. dude, just, it's, just, we don't And also go it. here, yeah. Yeah. But uh, make sure to go here. Uh, Halloween may be over, but they make a lot of great uh, gifts for your loved ones. Uh, I have a friend who's a huge fan of The Shining. And I actually showed him some of the uh, pillows, the prints. Oh, the pattern from the rug, uh, right? From the rug, yeah. from the uh, the Overlook Hotel. They do a flag of it. They do pillows Yeah, I'm going to get one of those, and too. And he, he literally was like, I don't care that Halloween passed. I'm probably going to get these for Christmas Well, for, the whole like, point myself. is you have decor around your house that you get yeah. for the year round. Yeah. And it doesn't matter. Like, for me, at home, like, I just took down Halloween. My Halloween decorations were up for two months. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I finally took them all down, but I left up. Uh, I left up the horror decor uh, the Ouija board pillow. Yes. Yeah. And I left up a bunch of other, like, Halloween-y type things. Because, honestly, year-round horror is where I'm at. I fucking love that shit. Absolutely. So, Take without that. further uh, ado, let's, uh, let's hear the ad. If you're looking to scale up some new items for your crypt that'll make all your friends say, Who did you kill to get that? Then horror decor is the place to be. If you go to horrordecor.net, you'll just die at the selection of amazing items for sale, such as pillow shaped like an ancient VHS tape, the kind of kill I hear, as well as scented candles featuring Buffalo Bill's scent of skin lotion, and retro flags from Crystal Lake, the Overlook Hotel, and Springwood. If these items are tickling your bones, if you're bleeding in anticipation, go to horrordecor.net and make a purchase today. You won't be sorry. <laughs> All right. Thank you to our sponsor, Horror Decor. We appreciate your uh, help keeping the lights on here at the Lost at Home Podcast Studio. Absolutely. Now, uh, we're going to move into uh, my Google hole, and this all spawns from a very simple story. Spain bans memes. I saw that, actually. It would have probably made my notes for the show. And so I read a little bit about this story specifically, and it sort of, just like anything, when somebody mm -hmm. tries to ban something or make a stand, it, uh, it backfires on the internet. Yeah, this is a right-wing prime minister, uh, Mariana Rajoy, uh, it's put forward legislation that would make it a crime to spread images that infringe the honor of a person. And this is actually based on an old 1980s law that's kind of out of date now because the internet's a thing that originally was based on published images, like in right. books, newspapers, well, uh, it's magazines. Similar, like, like libel print, laws, print. essentially, right? Yeah, Yeah, it was basically you can't uh, talk down about someone to a point where it hurts them and they're, yeah. uh, they're standing within a community. Yeah, yeah, which is, which is like the – it's actually not too far away from what Donald Trump is trying to do. Where he's like, we're going to open up the libel laws, which don't exist. Yeah, Exactly. Now, Spain's popular party has argued that this proposed law was only intended to – uh, strike down or make illegal memes that threaten violence or accuse someone of committing a crime, basically any kind of very strict slander law. But uh, the internet has decided that uh, hashtag sin memes no hey democracy 
would become a thing. And this is their own version of creating a meme to fight the meme yeah. using this hashtag. Again, that whole backfire thing that happens. Yep. Exactly. Cosby and, like, go ahead, leave me, boop ba doop I didn't rape nobody. And this, uh... This hashtag means no democracy without memes. It basically allows for freedom of speech, freedom of language. Uh, meaning in Spain, there's a pushback saying we can talk about whatever we want to talk about. Yes. Um, I didn't linger along in this story because at face value, it's simply that. I just right. gave you pretty much 90% of the content. And this available. is like planting the seed for the fun, right? Uh, yeah. So what I ended up doing was uh, Googling banning memes. Okay. Since it seemed the most logical based on the first story, it was like, who else is banning memes? Russia. Big surprise. <laughs> Probably not too far from now, Trump is going to call for it, like, because it's unfair. No more memes. Yeah, there's a, there was a, there's a three-year-old media agency internet censor that... <laughs> Sorry. I, I said that wrong. Like, it's not a three-year-old. <laughs> it's someone who has <laughs> been a three-year-old. That's what I figured. You'd be like, no, me, mean. <laughs> it's like, just, <laughs> no, me, mean. I love it. Yeah. That might be our title of this episode. No, no meme. mean. No, comma, mean, yeah, comma, mean. Yeah, mean. Uh, which basically made it illegal to publish any internet meme that depicts a public figure in any way that has to do with anything that's not based on their personality. Okay, so here, here's so, a question I have about, like, doing that because there's uh, recently something else. There's the, the person with the weird mullet or whatever that is suing because they were made a meme and um, in America, and it has pretty much the ruined their life. redneck meme, the guy by the pickup truck with the mullet? I don't think – I think it's the one with the weird shaved head side thing or whatever. I don't know. I, anyway, there was somebody with a meme who was, like, butthurt about it, which, which I mean, I can understand. I would want that. It's kind of right. Yeah, I, if I became a meme and it was negative always, yeah. I'd be pissed. So here's the thing is because of that, you then become a public figure, which would then allow you to sue for the libel laws. Or is it literally whatever they consider a public figure as in capital P, like, of the state? I don't... You know, honestly, this would be a thing to look into for a future show. Maybe, yeah. like, an empty promise. Okay. But, um, yeah, libel law, as far as memes go, there has to be, in this day and age, at least a precedent set. Maybe not by the Supreme Court, but by a higher court. And we're in the United States, so obviously we would want our country something where it's like... If your weird Facebook photo suddenly becomes the meme for the Trump campaign and you're not a Trump supporter, can't you fight that? Like, I, I, I know I, the I internet's so, free yeah. and it's it's fun. Yeah, but they're like, where does it get into like where like libel laws become all of a sudden just crossing over into like bullying too? Like, where all of a sudden there's like online flat out. If you're creating a bullying atmosphere for everybody to be like, hey, you're the fucking Trump kid or whatever. The, you're the three year old uh, parliamentary figure. <laughs> yeah. from, who makes the media expert or whatever the fuck it was. No, uh, the idea that, that Russia has thought about uh, breaking into the idea of uh, basically censoring memes, censoring media is not a new thing. But um, when I, like, read into the story, I found it was less interesting than I wanted. Like, I wanted more banning meme stuff. Yeah, yeah, of course. So while I was on the Russian page, I decided to tangentially go over to Russia Media Control Weirdest. That's where the Google hole That's right? my Google search. Yeah. So Russia Media Control Weirdest. And I ended up stumbling upon this story. This is Russian President Vladimir Putin's new chief of staff, Anton Viano, has reached the top of what you can consider uh, the hierarchy within the Russian government. But his past is shrouded in mystery. 
And it's not that his past is shrouded mystery that got me. It was more the idea that he is described in many articles and on Wikipedia uh, through all of journalism as being a man who created a new device called the Noscope. The wait, no or nose? N O O S C O P E. The Noscope. The Noscope. Okay, okay. So like the no is in the word no and then a scope. Okay. Yes, and uh, within the same story where I figured out that uh, Mr. Like the Viano okay. um, gotcha. has had like arguments within the government on social economical issues, society, the economy, everything. He created this device, which he says can tap into global consciousness and detect and register changes in the biosphere and in human activity. The Noascope has bewildered... Waiting. <laughs> I'm reading from this now because I cannot say this any better. The Noascope bewildered many in Russia this week. Does this device really exist? They asked. What does it actually do? Is Mr. Viano really serious? BBC Russia tracked down Viktor Sereyev, in an, an award-winning economist and businessman who has like co-authored articles with Mr. Viano. Like he's a friend of his. He he's worked with him. He described the Noscope as a device that scans transactions between people, things, and money, and claimed it as an intervention of parallel significance to the telescope and the microscope. He literally says this is as big this is yeah it, it'll change the world. I mean, honestly, if if what he's claiming is true, then it, you could argue that. But this is those are pretty extreme claims. Now, my first thought was when you hearken it to the device such as the telescope or microscope, yeah, big you think, deal. You think of a, a device, right? Like something a, in front of you. Yes, yeah. And the way they talk about it within this article, it almost makes you think it's an internet-ready device, something that can. Maybe track a person through their spending, their Facebook likes, their Instagram hashtags. You mean the stuff that the NSA is using already? Pretty much, but yes. to, to create a bigger picture of you. But what I want to know is, like, what does Noascope mean? And within the same article, they refer to, they refer to twice to the Noosphere, uh, which is akin to the biosphere or geosphere. Okay. Okay. So we've got a you're, you're with me on that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, no, but yes. <laughs> Apparently, it's I'm, one of the three spheres. Well, now the what of what was formerly two spheres, you got sick of two spheres, huh? Now it's three, ladies and gentlemen. Mm. You got the biosphere. You got the geosphere. You got the noosphere. That's how I thought. I I, I googled then. Noosphere. Noosphere. Okay. Like, what is this thing it's measuring? Because if it's not just a weird NSA tile, like, like uh, they're they're just going through the internet, yeah, just, just, just like a worm people. essentially that tracks people, right? Like, what actually is the Noosphere? Um, this is a theory, and it's never been proven. But the Noosphere is the third in a succession of phases in the development of Earth. There's the geosphere, which is all inanimate matter. It's the earth. It's rock. It's stone. It's quartz. It's right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Everything. It's that, the it's, stuff we stand yeah. on that makes us. Yeah. Here. Right. Then on top of that is the biosphere. Yeah. We wish we know the biosphere. Yeah. It's the life, one that's bio. All of life. 
Yeah. And then, Dynamic, living, boom. And then as the noosphere, which is global consciousness. That's actually kind of a – that's a cool concept, though, I got to say. That, this that, is, that's cool because that does make sense This concept comes from like 1900. Like, that this that makes sense concept. that there would be – I mean, whether you call it whatever you call it and whether you can measure it, it is interesting to think because that's where memes come from. A lot of people think of memes as internet memes, but if you actually go back, it was coined by Richard Dawkins in the, the Selfish Gene book – way back in the 1970s, which is really just this, essentially this uh, cultural and social uh, thing, I guess you would call it, like that just uh, weaves itself and changes throughout history, similar to a gene, but like a social gene, essentially. This has been explored a lot through the History Channel and that crazy hair dude, you know what I mean? Yeah, that guy goes like, aliens! Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Everything, aliens! New world order. But not just them, but a lot of other people have recognized that throughout history, you'll have a, like, the invention of the hammer on an island off the coast of New Zealand. And at the same time, geologically, we can date the invention of the hammer off an island in the Mediterranean. Right, yeah. And the idea of the noosphere is that global consciousness is a real thing, and that they both created the hammer based on a weird consciousness link. I'm making a hand movement which uh, indicates in a, in a sound. It makes <laughs> aliens. Whoa. <laughs> like, that's what I think the guy sounds like, like played by Keanu Reeves, this weird-haired alien guy from the History Channel. <laughs> Now, within this story, I well, yeah, managed, ideas spread. I right. managed to then extrapolate past this uh, Pierre Tellard de Chardin. Perfect. Um, this is a French uh, Judea priest slash archaeologist. Okay, cool. That sounds like <laughs> <laughs> like you had a vested yeah, interest. <laughs> <laughs> I was just more than I just know of like other of like yeah of course yeah Judy Priest and, uh, and, uh, Judas Priest archaeologist yeah looking for old Judas Priest albums <laughs> no this uh this scientist I use with air quotes because yeah. he he had one foot in, in the door of religion and one foot in the door of archaeology and modern evolutionism actually oh so we had a third foot Yes, which he grew through evolution. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was just helicoptering around the evolution one with his dick. Yeah, um, he actually uh, helped uh, develop the concept of the noosphere around the year 1900 while doing archaeological work with uh, what could be arguably described as some of the most famous archaeologists of the early 1900s, such as Charles Dawson, what about Carter, and yeah. Andrew Smith Woodard. Um, in 1912, I guess Carter. They were later. all part of the same digging team oh cool but what if that was like in the olympics <laughs> the digging team. yeah just like uh Whoever yeah. finds a random bone first wins oh yeah very exciting very exciting but yeah um he he has like a background in the nosphere highly believes in this and has a big fellowship within judaism and archaeology and on Judy this are, di- Judy, Judeo archaeology? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. And with Charles Dawson, they uh, founded in 1912 the Piltdown Site. Mm-hmm. Um, the Piltdown Site is famous for one reason. Bones were found at this site that created the Piltdown Man. And it showed titties on the internet once. 
which could actually be part of this story. It could be part of it because the Piltdown Man is the most famous archaeological hoax in the history of archaeology. I remember the Piltdown Man. I I read about the Piltdown Man actually in a recent uh, research uh, hole that we fell into. Yeah, no, the Piltdown Man was considered the missing link for, uh, honestly, it was- Wasn't like Michigan or something like that? Like, where the fuck was it they found this guy? It was like in the Midwest or something weird like that. I'm looking right now. No, it was in the northwest of Spain. Oh, it was. Okay. Never mind. I'm thinking about something different. Um, what they ended up finding were, and this is where uh, Pierre comes in. They think oh, I'm thinking of Encino Man. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that was Encino, California. Yes. <laughs> Not Encino, Michigan. Continue. Continue. Um, no, they uh, they basically thought these bones were the missing link between uh, ape and man. And what they ended up being were ground down, uh, like, orangutan bones. Mm-hmm. And uh, Charles Dawson was, at the time, one of the leading archaeologists. And this basically set back evolution, and I'm not even kidding, until now. Because if you go on Google Image Search and Google Search Piltdown Man, you will find flat earth yes. type individuals who still to this very day are creating probably memes of the Piltdown Man to decry and, evolution. And, and probably, like, uh, and put that the fact that the Piltdown Man was debunked in a hoax is actually a hoax and debunking of the by the New World Order to make us believe that it was a hoax, probably. And this is where it came in. I was looking at somebody who, and we were. T- I was looking at something oh, about Pil- how Pil- Piltdown was in East Sussex. It was. This was in England. I'm okay. sorry. Okay. Yeah. Because this, I remember looking at something about people being easily fooled by hoaxes, even people of the greatest like mindset. And they use Piltdown Man as an example, as somebody, as people who wrote like articles, scholarly articles about that and i can't remember what why i was there but anyway i I stumbled across this a couple weeks ago as well the piltdown man specifically this is uh i'm gonna read a little excerpt here i found on wikipedia just because it says it a little bit better than either of us probably could um when the piltdown man was unveiled before a meeting of london geologists uh in 1912 he was heralded as paleoanthropology's missing link the long-sought traditional uh, transitional form between modern humans and our great ape ancestors. Why does he have a palm pilot? <laughs> <laughs> he had a smallish skull, a chimp-like jaw, and a mixture of primitive and modern teeth to boot. Plus, he was a local. To this gathering of Brits, it would have seemed completely right and proper that humankind got its start just down the road from Sussex. Yeah. Um, the idea here is that if you're going to find the missing link between uh, ancestral man and modern man, it's probably not going to be in downtown London, England, yeah. or uh, in Michigan, Wales, or Encino, or, Michigan. Yeah, or yeah, it's it's going to be in Africa. It's going to be closer to the middle. Yeah, of, the East, of course, where yeah. they where you can trace the entirety of the world civilization, and you you find older and older ones in Africa, but they always just get deeper into the heart of Africa. Now, the last part of my uh, my Google hole was to then Google the Piltdown Man to yes, find out. Yes, let's find out. Because the Piltdown Man sounds like the Slender Man. It yeah, sounds like, it does. Yeah, it it sounds sounds like, like any kind of like urban legend, like, beware the Piltdown Man. He'll yeah. find you and tuck you into bed real hard. Yeah, oh yeah, that's right. And then he'll fuck you with his orangutan bones. <laughs> Yeah, and, his, but, and he'll just he'll just uh, text every all of his friends with his Palm Pilot. So now, <laughs> damn, I love sorry, that you went back to Palm Pilot. You know, I just need to have the Piltdown Man has to have a Palm Pilot. So my search for Piltdown Man le- led me to musical artist Mike Oldfield, 
Um, and his song "Tubular Bells" from the movie "The Exorcist." The movie "The Exorcist," absolutely. I know. It's in a weird time signature. It goes something like that. It has bells. Exactly. Mike Oldfield, if you're uh, if you're old enough to know this, he was a original prog rocker. Yes. Uh, in the 1970s, he created a lot of music that paved the way for traditional 1980s, early 1990s uh, prog rock. Yeah. Yep. Um, well, I mean, because the, the prog rock of the time would have been stuff like uh, uh, Anderson, Brookman, Wake, uh, Bruford, Wakeman, Howe. Yes. Rush, Se- even. Seeger like, and Evans. Like that. There was uh, there's all this like you know, uh, and a lot of progressive rock has to has a lot of odd time signatures and stuff, and you can actually hear that in Tubular Bells. It sounds like it would start out a Rush song or something like that. Yep. And if you watch the movie The Exorcist, Tubular Bells is a song by Mike Oldfield uh, that's within yes. the movie. It's, it's very prominent. It is the famous. theme. It it's is the, the theme. theme. If you the hear movie. it, that is the Exorcist theme. Now, what makes this kind of fun is that in the early 2000s, uh, Mike Oldfield, uh, I guess, was not getting as much attention as a prog rocker from the 70s would like in the 1990s. So he released huh. a remix <laughs> album of the basically just the song Seriously? Tubular Bells. And it's a collection of remixes, edits, instrumentals, etc. If you listen to this album, you will hear a track called Tubular Bells Part 2, where Mike Oldfeld himself sings for the first time ever over the classic track remix for the 1990s, so it's a little more synthy, from The Exorcist. This is what? not the exorcist. This is not the exorcist. This oh, is not we, the exorcist. This we, is not the exorcist. We would all be better people if that's all he did. <laughs> oh, wait. Are we going to be able to hear this? What he does is he sings over it, and people questioned immediately. They were like, what the fuck? Are, what, what did you do to this song? Man, it more 90s. Bomb in pilot. A, in an interview, he literally said, I sang this as the Piltdown Man. The Piltdown Man okay. does not exist. These are the lyrics. If he did, if the Piltdown Man was a lead singer song. of an Exorcist-based prog band in the early 1990s, this is what it would sound like. What I've got included here in my show notes myself are uh, a message board person. Like I basically went through message board threads until I found someone who can make sense of this. Someone wrote the timestamps and the words, and what I have here is. Sugar rock, do guara, flumaqua, do moonwa, slockquak, do mubra, flawak, do mwa. Now is he? That last part is him eating cinnamon toast crunch for the first time. Fla, fla. So. Flow, flow. Background music. Um, ah, boot, leg, boot, leg, boot. <laughs> does he? Does he? We reprise it back here. Shuma, shuma, shock, shock, shock. Um, boot, leg, boot. <laughs> and if anyone's curious what this sounds like, what we're gonna do is this week. And if you're uh, one of the listeners on the the podcast radio network, and your cutoff time is right now. Uh, make sure to go to lostonepodcast.com, go to iTunes, go to Podbay, go to Podbean. You don't want to miss this. Stitcher. You don't want to miss this. Um, or any of our going out songs, but definitely you not this can, one. You, well, you can also go to, to iTunes and also look up Tubular Bells Part 2. But just just go go give us a listen. Give us a give us a, a, a subscribe. There's, right, yep. There's a lot of you out there listening to our show, and uh, we would love it if you hit us up on iTunes, by the way. 
Uh, maybe leave us a five-star review. This is key here. We will read any five-star review you write on air, and we will literally read, maybe even in funny voices, uh, whatever you write. And being Trump election season, people are angry, people are venting, people are weird right now. The, the whole world is a fucking mixed salad of toss salads. Oh, yeah. Mm, <laughs> mm, oh, or as the so, pill down there would say, flow, 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 bootleg flow. <laughs> So so just go to our uh, go to our iTunes account, uh, Lost Known Podcast, and uh, leave us a five star review. It helps yeah, the show, it gets us more listeners. Every time someone likes our show on there, gives us five stars and leaves a review, we suddenly are like pushed up in the, the rankings. Yeah, yeah. So if you enjoy this and you want your yeah, if you want your friends to enjoy this, go ahead. But uh, on this, we're gonna actually go out real quick now because we have two sponsors. Yes, totally forgot right. about yeah. that. Sorry, Bandbox. Yeah, uh, we're gonna go out on a Bandbox ad, and then just and then stay we're gonna tune yeah, for. Kill, kill, we're gonna kill it with the tubular, tubular bells, bells too. Two. So if you want to hear the real motherfucking thing, stay tuned through this Bandbox ad, which is also great. And we're also gonna be offering variations on that to everybody uh, in the next couple of weeks. We've recorded it specifically, so you don't have to listen to the same one every time uh, because we want you to enjoy listening to the ad while also hopefully realizing that the product is also awesome too. We only take sponsors that we actually would buy ourselves and have bought ourselves. Um, that being said, Bambox ad, Tubular Bells 2. Enjoy your week, everybody. Hope you enjoyed the new format for returning listeners. We're going to try it again. Fall down your own Google hole. Trust me, it's worth it. Yeah, and let us know the results. See ya. Let's see ya. <laughs>
If you go to lostatomepodcast.com and click on the Bambox link at the top of the page, you can join a very exclusive club of very happy people. Happy? Past boxes have included a replica from Friday the 13th of the hockey mask worn by Jason Voorhees, autographed by the first actor to play him. Also, a full-size steel replica of the Batarang, replicas of both of the license plates from the DeLorean from the Backs of the Future series, autographed copies of Gen 13, Lady Death, as well as autographed prints by famous artists of interesting characters. Well... That all does sound pretty cool. I guess the future's future can wait then. Well, then if you're interested, head over to thelostatomepodcast.com and follow the Bambox link to their incredible site and make sure to use offer code LAH10 to get 10% off your first order. Well, maybe if all this Bambox stuff pans out, the future, it'll be A-OK. 